Welcome to church, everybody. Welcome on Pentecost Sunday. Really, really good that you could be here. Uh, we're going to talk about Pentecost and what it means. I've entitled my message, um, The Power Within. The Power Within. And I kind of like to take a, a little new kind of twist on what Pentecost is about and um, bring some understanding about Pentecost for us as believers. Okay, so Pentecost pre-Christian church was a feast that God uh, instructed the children of Israel to have and it was a celebration basically of the harvest and of the first fruits. So Pentecost um, had two names, it was um, the feast of, it had a couple of names actually, the feast of harvest or the feast of first fruits. But um, into the New Testament, Uh, there was an occurrence that happened to the early church where the Holy Spirit fell down or came down and filled people in the upper room like Pekka mentioned early on and that was on the day of Pentecost. So I kind of want to just tell you a little bit about that and then I want to just take you on a little journey with that. So if you have a Bible, which you should, oh actually, pass me that thing up. Pekka mentioned water piston and I felt the anointing. So you know what that is? That's a water pistol. Is that true? Is that a water pistol? Can you? Yes. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I just wanted to give you a little soaking. But anyway, I don't know. You know, I used to have this when people didn't used to bring their Bibles. And um, early on, when I was um, younger and stupid. And um, so if you don't bring your Bibles, watch out. Because I've got a bigger one of these. And, um, you know, and I like power, you know, anyway, one for you, there you go. Anyway, rightio, Acts chapter 1, Jesus had, as Pekka said, he didn't say he was resurrected though, Pekka, I was waiting for the resurrected thing. So Jesus had passed, uh, had died, but he had risen. And he spent a whole bunch of time with the believers And we are about to read the very last instruction that Jesus gave the early church in order for them to live out and be the church that he called it to be, to represent him. So this is the very last words. Now think about it. What would be the very last thing you would want to say to somebody, you know, before you died? And you wanted them, because you loved them, to be successful in life, you wanted them to live out whatever purpose and plan. You know, imagine you're on your deathbed. What would you say to your kids? What would you say to your friends? What would you say to those that were going to go on past you? And this is kind of like what was going on. Jesus is about to go to heaven. And he says this. So Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he had said, you have heard from me. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit and not many days from now. Verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you 
and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, uh, witnesses for me, to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus has got them together. This is his last instruction, and he's telling them not to rush off, not to go ahead, not you know, carry on. He's saying, you dudes need to wait because you've got to have something that is essential. Is that Leslie? Hallelujah. G'day, Les. Anyway, he needed, they need, he needed to tell them they needed something. They needed the Holy Spirit. And what would come with the Holy Spirit was power. The word power is the, is the Greek word dunamis. Dunamis means supernatural, miraculous power. So he wanted them to have something that was essential in order for them to represent heaven and to carry on with the message that Jesus brought. Don't rush off. Don't try and go and do it in your own strength. You're not going to have enough. You need supernatural power in order for you to represent me, to be my witnesses, to represent me in Jerusalem first, uh, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. See, he had a global plan. Jesus has always had a global plan for his church. Jesus has not had like a little wee miniature plan for the church where, hey, church, just exist. Hey, just exist in this country town of Yarrawonga. You know, just kind of represent me. Jesus has had a global plan throughout history and that has never, never changed. And for even us who are here in the bush in Yarrawonga, he has a global plan and a purpose, but it's not about rushing off and trying to fulfill that. It is about receiving power first in order for us to do that. Pentecost, the day of Pentecost, and we celebrate it this morning, is about reminding ourselves of that significant moment in history that Jesus and the Father, remember he said it's the promise of the Father, the creator of the universe, this is his plan, and so today, this morning here, you and I, we are celebrating an amazing occurrence that happened, and that has continued right through history to now. Pentecost was not a one moment thing in history. It was a means and the beginning of God empowering his church with the supernatural, with an anointing, with a touch of God to do miraculous things. Hallelujah. It is the most amazing thing. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 through to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, So they hung around, they prayed in a place called the upper room for about 40 days and nights. And they were crying out to God, Lord, we want this promise, we want this power, we're waiting on you. We need this thing. And after about 40 nights, 40 days, something happened. Verse 1, chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind 
and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them divided tongues as of fire and sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Something dramatic happened. Fire entered the room, a mighty rushing wind, the sound they knew was the sound of heaven coming to the earth. You see, the Holy Spirit is about a mighty rushing power coming from heaven down to the earth to live out and perform the things of God on this planet. That there would be no restraint, that heaven had a channel to flow through the Holy Spirit and then into these people in order for the miraculous. The early church then became this powerful weapon of God and they suffered persecution, but these men and women and women, because all were filled with the Holy Spirit. See, if you are a Christian and you are part of Ignite or you are a Christian and part of anything, it said all were filled. God's plan is for each and every one of you to be filled with supernatural power. Hallelujah. Some of you look quite strong. But you're not strong enough in yourself. Some of you have got your life together. Some of you maybe, you know, whatever condition you are in as a Christian, you still need something more than yourself. In order for you to live out the destiny God has called you to live out. You don't need flash sermons, maybe a little. You need to encounter the Holy Spirit and in fact be filled with it. Jesus himself, quoting out of um, Isaiah 61 and Luke 4.18, Jesus himself, this is the, the man himself, this is the one who raised the dead, this is the one that walked on the water, this is the one that people were confounded every time he opened his mouth with the wonder and the wisdom of what came out of this man. But he himself needed to have that same encounter. Luke 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus spoke those words prophesied by Isaiah uh, earlier on. And then he began his ministry and gave the evidence of this Holy Spirit anointing on his life. Note, Note what he says. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is that upon me so I have a nice Sunday service and I feel warm and glowy, you know, and it's all nice. No. Jesus says this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. See, when it says because, it means there is a purpose behind why Jesus himself had the Holy Spirit come upon him. 
Because. And there is a because for you. There is a because that God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit, not so we can just come to church and have a warm, nice service where we feel nice and warm inside and maybe a little bit of hair stand on our arms. That's all good, don't get me wrong. There is a because. There is a purpose conceived in the mind of God. Understand? Because. Because he has anointed me. You see, God wants to anoint you and the anointing is a result of the Holy Spirit coming upon you. The word anointing actually means to give you an office and a calling and that you are set apart and that it puts a mark on your life. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and I, I'm going to tone it down. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and fills you. You are marked with something. You are no longer the same. And then this because becomes a purpose about your life. You are marked by God. You know when you see officialdom, Africa's really good with it. You know like when they have someone who is in an office or whatever, even kings and queens, they dress them in particular clothes. It's to mark the office, the importance, and the set of partners of that person. That's why priestly garments were given, you know, and that's why even today some men and, you know, denominations, people wear a white collar to show, I've got the mark. You have a mark. If you don't have a mark, you're meant to have the mark because you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he wants to anoint you. He wants you to represent him. To preach the good news. That word preach means to proclaim. Good news. I don't know. You know, there's a lot of people that proclaim things, but I don't know if it's good news. I love the fact that what we carry is good news. The Christian message is good news. And God wants to anoint you in order to give you the ability to speak it out and give good news to people who are hearing a whole lot of bad news. It's good news. And he wants to anoint you with power, supernatural, miraculous, to announce the good news, to demonstrate the good news to the poor, to preach the gospel to the poor. The brokenhearted. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I don't know, man. There's a lot of brokenhearted people around. There's even brokenhearted people here. Good news is sent to heal brokenhearted people. You're anointed, filled with the Holy Spirit, to actually heal some brokenhearted people. There is a mark on your life to heal brokenhearted people. To proclaim liberty to the captives. A whole lot of people, man, living in prisons in this. To to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Because 
Jesus was anointed because that was his mission. You are a Christian and are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're meant to wait because you've got a mission and you need the power and you need the anointing and you need the mark upon your life so that heaven and the spiritual realm recognize who you are. I've got to tell you, when you begin the journey and you take on this commission and this mission, you are marked and the spiritual realm will notice it and you will come under some stuff from the wrong side of the force. Because it recognizes the mark and the anointing because you've been filled with power. Because it's not something you can see with the natural eye in a sense. It's something that is supernaturally spiritual and things notice it. And not only do the powers of darkness notice it, but heaven responds to you because you have the mark and you have got this touch and authority. And heaven responds to what you ask for. Amen. Hallelujah. Where are we going to get to with this? Very interesting. See, the guys are the disciples who had done these three and a half years with Jesus when he was walking the planet, and they were totally blown away. They were so blown away that they wanted to dedicate their life to the cause, and they went wherever Jesus went because they couldn't get over the stuff that he did. And then actually what happens is Jesus sends them out by two by two, and, and they then themselves start to see some crazy stuff. This is pre him going to heaven. This is pre being filled. Think about it. It's quite interesting. Now turn to John 14 verse 16 through to 17. This is again kind of the last week, written in the last week before the crucifixion. Again, you know, he's kind of getting these guys into the zone because they're going to take over. And he's trying to tell them some stuff. And it says this, and I will pray the Father... And he will give you another, the helper, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. He can't receive it. The world can't receive it because it, is neither, uh, because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So here's these guys. The early church, you're seeing some cool stuff happen. And it's because the Holy Spirit was with them when they got sent out. But something more needed to happen. Something more needed to happen because Jesus was going that the Holy Spirit that was with them, it's kind of like when they were walking, they were walking and the helper was walking with them. But now something needed to happen, and this is what Pentecost is really, really about, is that the helper wasn't just going to be walking with them, the helper was going to reside within them. You see, Pentecost and being filled with the Holy Spirit is not him being around your life, it's actually him living within you. Which is quite amazing and astounding that not just will miraculous power be around you, but it's going to be at work within you. See, God and the Holy Spirit, because we are natural people, because natural and we are carnal, that we just don't need this thing around us. We need this power, this supernatural touch and anointing to go within us. Hallelujah. Now, you might be pretty sweet. You might be pretty together, maybe. I don't know. But man, I wasn't when I met him. Still aren't to some degree. And I need him more and more to be within me. Hallelujah. See, Pentecost was about people being filled. You don't fill something by, here's why I got the water pistol now. I knew there was a reason. 
It's not it's just like giving you a little one of the, oh, great sign, man. You just look like, I don't know, there, one for you. Jenny. That's why I need him within me. See, he doesn't want to give you a squirt. A little. He wants to fill you with it. I mean, that's, think of it. Within. Miraculous power within. Hallelujah. You know, it says uh, earlier on when it says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The word upon actually means this. Over you, on you, throughout you. So when Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come upon you, he was actually saying, man, he's going to come over you, around you, and through you. Throughout you. Pentecost is about being totally soaked and filled with power from on high, the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is real super interesting. So yes, you know, there's this outward thing. Yes, God, man, you know, I'm gonna, I've got the mark. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to see the miraculous. I'm going to represent you. I'm going to proclaim the good news. That's an outward thing. But there's an inward thing that must occur, which is really interesting. The book of Ephesians is a super interesting book because Paul is talking to the, Ephesus, the church at Ephesus and he kind of talks a lot about who, they, who the church was, and he talks a lot about, you know, spiritual matters and authorities and all these kinds of things, you know. Uh, there's a lot of real super interesting stuff in the book of Ephesians. Paul wrote this particular bit that has stuck with me for a few weeks now. You see, the Holy Spirit wants to come within you because it has a purpose. And Paul's trying to get people to understand this. Ephesians 3, 16 says, and this is Paul saying, hey man, I pray to you that he would grant you according to riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Holy Spirit in the inner man. So remember Pentecost filled Paul's praying this thing for the church. And his prayer for them, along with a few other things, that they would understand the love and the depth of the love of God. But this thing that he says, he says, my prayer is that you're going to be strengthened within, not without, but within, inside you, in the inner man, through the power of the Holy Spirit. That when you are filled with him, and Paul says, in fact, he's urging them to get more of it, because some of them already were filled, that there would come a strengthening by the Holy Spirit coming in and working to strengthen the inner man. Super interesting. Because the inner man, what's the inner man? You know, is that your heart, your, you know, your, your lungs, your brain, you know, your organs, maybe a little. But he's talking about something that is not physical in that sense. He's talking about the inner person, who you are inside. He's saying, man, I'm just praying that you're going to get the strength And that you would be filled with might in the inner man. Filled with strength. Strengthened with might in the inner man. Really interesting the language and the meanings of the words. 
The word strengthened actually means empowered. So let's change that a little bit. Paul's saying, I want you to be empowered with might in the inner person. Not on the outside where everybody else can see, but it's something inside that only God can see. You're in a person and only you can see. You know, the inner person is the thing inside you that has all the battles, that has all the weaknesses, that has all the thoughts that go on inside your head. And Paul knows that because he himself has had those challenges. And he's saying, you know, my prayer is that you're going to get, you you will be empowered inside your mind and inside your thoughts. And the word might is supernatural dunamis power. Are you with me? Man, like I said, like a month I've been thinking of this. And, you know, I've been doing a little bit of fasting because I've been saying to the church, we're going to fast. And the worst thing about being a leader is you've got to get there first. And it's a little bit of a pain in the butt because I don't like fasting. Whoops. But, you know, I want my inner man empowered with strength. By the power of the Holy Spirit. So that not just outside that, maybe I can see some miracles and represent God and preach the truth. But inside me, at work, is that same supernatural power that actually strengthens, empowers me in here. And I know lots of you have struggles and battles with the life that you're facing. And you have a carnal or a natural strength that can only take you so far. But imagine if you really, truly allow your inner person to be empowered with supernatural. Whoo! Mate, imagine if it happens inside, what can happen outside? You know? You know old Karen over there? Got us kicked off YouTube. Oh, not old. She's younger than me. That would make me even older, which is a lie. Karen, you know, has been saying, hey, Keith, what about the supernatural, you know? You know, da, 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 da. What about the demonic? And, you know, I think there's a cry from the Holy Spirit and he's stirring our hearts to want that supernatural activity to be working out of us as a church. But he also, I think he wants that supernatural being filled in the inner man Amen. to make us Supernatural people. Empowered with dunamis power. I wonder what could stand against dunamis power. You know, the the depressions, the anxieties, the fear of the future. You know, your problems, your difficulties, your brokenness. I don't know if it could stand and really keep doing what it's doing to you and your disappointments when problems come and, hey, maybe you fold. But think of it. That's natural, that's carnal. But what would happen to you if you and I got this power in the inner man? It would transform us. It would transform us into the people that others would want to be like. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The mind is a funny thing. As a man thinks, so he becomes. 
You know, there's a lot of human-powered self-help. There's only one supernatural self-help. And that is the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's why Jesus knew for his church and for those that would represent him, they needed not self-help. They needed help from heaven, the Holy Spirit. And that's why he was called the helper. Hallelujah. So think about that Ephesians thing. This is Ephesians 20. Because that follows a little bit down. We're a church that loves Ephesians 3.20. And I'll read it to you. Because it says, Now to him who was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask, think according to the power that is working in my neighbor. That is working outside of me. No. According to the supernatural power that is at work in us. You understand what I mean? Now, I know there's lots of crazy theological thoughts around the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you, he's the third person of the Trinity, and Pentecost happened, and Pentecost is meant to happen in each believer's life. And not only is it meant to happen, but it is also meant to happen to you where you get a continual filling because it happens ongoing in the book of Acts that it's not a one-off occurrence for you, that you still need that strength within. Because you still have some stuff that needs to be blown out of you so you can become transformed even more into who you're meant to be. Amen? I want to finish with this. Again, very interesting. Galatians 5.22. Through to 23, it's Galatians, it talked about the fruits, the fruits of the carnal man, and then it talks about the fruits of the spirit. Okay, so let me think about this, the fruits of the spirit. So is that like what your human spirit can conceive and come up with? The word spirit is the pneuma, and the word when it says the fruits of the spirit, it actually is the pneuma, which is the Holy Spirit. So we're talking of the fruits of the Holy Spirit that is at work within you. Now he talks about the carnal stuff that's pretty bad, but then he talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit within you. See, if you allow, and if you continue to let that, this power that is supernatural come within you, there will be a thing called fruit. Do you understand? Not your fruit, but his fruit, because he's at work in you. The fruits of the Spirit. Love. Galatians 22 through to 23. But the, but the fruit of the Spirit, you never see a lemon tree go, oh, I want to have another lemon. Oh, that's a bad little crouch there, but never mind. A lemon tree doesn't try to be a lemon tree. It is just one. And because it's a lemon tree, it will produce lemons if the environment is correct. You are a Christian and if you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't have to squeeze it out. It will just naturally happen because you have supernatural power working within you that is miraculous. And that will strengthen weakness. Pentecost, dude, is dealing with you being transformed. And then, out to the world. For the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such there is no law. Okay, real quick. Who's married? I feel sorry for those you're married to. I feel sorry for those you're married to if you are not filled <laughs> with Holy Spirit. <laughs> with Holy Spirit power. You know why? Imagine, marriage is a challenge sometimes. But imagine having supernatural power that the fruits of the Spirit is love. You see, if you get filled, you will love in a supernatural way. We will love the world in a supernatural way. We will love each other. That's why the Bible says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have love one for another. Not natural love. Not what the world already has. It's talking the supernatural stuff. So imagine if we actually grow in this area and the love in your marriage. What can happen? You who are parents in this stupid, dark, foolish age of what? The blind leading the blind. But friend, if you get filled with supernatural power within, watch out world. You will be transformed, which then will flow out into your family. You understand? Fruits of the Spirit. Kindness. You know, this is the thing God's been talking to me about. Yeah. You know, I've been saying, God, you know, you know, kind, just simple little kindness to each other, but empowered supernaturally. Hallelujah. So my message this morning to us, to me, is if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, friend, you need it. You are missing out. Everybody around you is missing out. If you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, you need more. Wait, there's more. Pentecost is a sovereign work where heaven, the Holy Spirit, came down to fill the early church. Have you got a word? Oh, well, do you want to do it to the stream or do you want to do it after? Because I'll shut the stream. It's all good. Anyway, guys, I'm just going to pray a prayer. If you're watching the stream and maybe, you know, well, you can sense God because you should because I believe this is the word of God. I'm going to pray a prayer for you that you will be filled and refilled. And for us as a church. Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit is a promise that you made to your son Jesus to send the helper, the comforter, the empowerer. And I pray for those that are hearing this message this morning. Holy Spirit, that your touch, your power would fall upon the hearers in Jesus' name. That there would be a filling and a refilling In Jesus' name, that supernatural power would enter the inner man and bring great strengthening and transformation. 
and that the fruits of the Spirit would flow in Jesus' name. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ, I'm going to pray a prayer with you now and I would ask that you would follow me. Lord Jesus, come and be the Lord of my life. Forgive me for my failings and my sin. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I receive your forgiveness this morning. And I believe I will be filled with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you this morning have made that prayer, I really encourage you to let us know via the information that follows. And let us know because we want to help you on your journey of faith. So thank you so much for watching this morning, listening. And uh, the Lord bless you.